Beyond Episode 8. We've got a lot to talk about today. Goose just laid down a two and a half hour monster festival set at Floyd Fest. Ben Atkins' side project and Fred Fest artist Elephant Proof dropped their debut EP. EP, EP. EP, EP. Last Friday. Uh, Vasudo announced their debut album, Call It Lewis, uh, to drop August 6th. And that PH band from Vermont is back on tour. You know, mm. good news because we got some space freed up on the bathroom lines at Goose, but bad news because Bruce is once again getting a full inbox of complaints about Torch Talk. <laughs> Sorry, Bruce. But with yeah. Fred Festival creeping up in our schedules, we wanted to dig a hit. But... Sorry, Bruce. With Fred Fest creeping up in our schedules, we wanted to dedicate an entire episode to the late night act for night one. Elephant Proof is expected to burn down Garcia's forest. Happy birthday, Jerry. And we <laughs> spoke with lead guitarist Sean Cronin about all things Elephant Proof. Yeah, and we'll also be talking with Berkeley <laughs> athlete. <laughs> And potato expert Ben Atkin, uh, he's here to give us some background on the new EP, 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 some of their history and why their late night set at Fred will be, in my opinion, in my humble opinion, the set of the weekend. But with these new releases, the excitement around Fred is building, which is just a couple of weeks away all of a sudden. But beyond Fred, I mean, we do need to talk about that Floyd Fest set uh, quickly. So uh, Goose just recently, last Friday played at Floyd Fest in Virginia, which from someone who didn't go, uh, I've heard nothing but great things about this festival. Uh, people who are regular attendants of the festival love it. Um, people seem to have a really great time this year. Uh, shout out to Emily Wallace, who went down and took pictures for Goose on that night that they played on Friday. Goose, and she got melt. She got Billy Strings. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, she covered right. a lot yeah, of it, stuff. Yeah. Also, and, shout out to Garrett Woodward at Rolling Stone for talking to the guys, too. Oh, that's right, because they did get a little piece in, in Rolling Stone when uh, they covered this festival. But, I mean, that's how big this festival is. Um, Billy Strings, another big act that obviously like, a lot of people are really into right now, is also playing there the next night. But Goose's festival set was... Uh, really, I mean, pretty outstanding for most fest sets. And, and obviously, you know, people kind of poo-poo a fest set as a standard set. And Goose came out. They definitely did play some hits. Um, but they played for two and a half hours, like Joey mentioned, which is huge. And they actually laid down a killer set. Um, starting off with an All I Need into Flow Down, which is like a kind of cool one-two punch that they're doing lately. Yeah. And they have always have these great transitions now. There's one from Frederick that is absolutely insane. Um, and people I know on the stream were couldn't, couldn't tell whether or not it was flow down or not. Obviously, I knew right away. But um, <laughs> then they played a Mississippi Half Step, which is my favorite Goose Grateful Dead cover. Yeah. Um, at slow Ready after that. An Empress that was... An early Empress, huh? An early Empress, yeah. mid-set. And it was really like a, a killer Empress. Also, Trevor Weeks' birthday that night going Ooh, into yeah. Saturday. So... Uh, that Empress actually highlighted him a little bit for a really long uh, kind of like bass, bass solo. Bass. <laughs> Trevor Bass. <laughs> so, actually directly related to Lance Bass. <laughs> so uh, that's where that name comes from. He was ripping the Lance. But he was on it for a while. They usually don't have him uh, out there like standing out on his own for that long. And it was really sick. Got into a Madhavan that was also awesome. 
Denlin into a this old sea. I want to shout wow. out, yeah, yeah. The, the longest this old sea. It it really went out there and went into some really cool space after they got through the lyrical sections. Um, I know a couple of my good friends, Eric and Angela, love the song. Um, Peter Russo, big fan of this old sea. Just just want to call them out. They've been listening to this on repeat nonstop, you know. Um, but it's been it was killer and it was definitely a highlight. They released that on YouTube, so you can go watch it. And then the Jive One and the Jive Lee was also a killer part of that set. The Jive Lee was different than usual, and yeah. they really crushed it. Um, but at least for you guys, like, what was some of your favorite parts listening back on that set? Well, I think the only thing you didn't mention, the Arcadia Encore, um, was fire. And, I, you know, listening back, like, what I'm starting to realize is there's not really a such thing as like a goose festival set you know you have a lot of bands that you see at festivals and you kind of know what's coming like they have had this astronomical rise in the sense that we haven't seen them year over year like climbing stages at festivals like they're the way that like i'd go to gathering gathering the vibes and i'd see someone go from green vibes to you know late night to the main stage like you know or really kind of any festival you know a lot of bands really build year over year i mean like the next time they play peach it'll be interesting to see what stage they're on you know, and at what time and at so. what time and at what time and so like i really don't think i mean there's certainly like the hits that we know and like you can expect mm-hmm. an arcadia at a big show mm-hmm. um but i don't really think that there's like this there's a, a quintessential festival set for goose joey what do you think um like i think there is definitely a vibe that they have to kind of take into consideration at least only, I mean, months ago, it felt like going down to Suwannee, like, this is a lot of new people that are potentially going to be listening to us. Like, do they go into that thinking, all right, now we have to bring them kind of these songs that grabbed most of our fans that they talk about? Or do they say, all right, what are we just best at playing at this moment right now and bring it to these people? I mean, I would like to ask them. I would like to know, you know, if they have that intention in the back of their mind that this is a festival, let's do the set list a little bit different, but... Well, I know there for, is definitely not one that they do, you know, over and over, just key points. And even at this this point in their career, I mean, they still, like you said, Peter asked in Denver on uh, night one, you know, how many people here are just seeing us for the first time? Oh, the Peter Poll. Can we call it the Peter Poll? We could call we, Oh, yeah, the Peter Poll, definitely. Peter Poll. And obviously, like, <laughs> most of the crowd, <laughs> most of the crowd responded to that. Obviously, we knew people... Um, that responded right. to that and that I've seen them many times. I raise my hand sometimes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I'm, oh, I'm yeah. excited at the yeah. question. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, First time here. But to be honest, I'm sure there were tons of people at that show and at both nights in Denver that it was their first time. And same with Suwanee months ago and same with all these shows in between. So you do want to play the hits for people. You do want to play songs like Modifon. You do want to play Arcadia, Empress. Like These are songs that people love. I love Mississippi for one of their dead covers. So it's like you want to play the hits, but they really, you know, just still put on a consistently stellar show. It's still a goose show. They got to play them in all, all of these places. So it really does kind of, you know, render that whole concept of a more standard or, you know, more basic and, and lots of times maybe not up in the echelon of the best shows. Fest set kind of concept kind of renders a moot when it comes to the, when the goose guys play. 
Yeah, definitely. And all these uh, this festival talk, how they approach it. I mean, they have their own festival coming up with not only Goose but other side projects <laughs> that they get to play with. So look at our host just weaving it right in. Three man weave here. If only you knew how bad my basketball game was today. Um, we've <laughs> my got knee this. is hurting. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've got this festival. We've got this festival. Fred coming up. Uh, obviously, you guys are lucky enough to go. I will be on site visits with our manager um, <laughs> but it's going to be incredible right uh, and I think we'll figure out what a real goose festival set is after Fred yeah. um, and in that tune we've got some special guests this is not a goose podcast as we know no this is an elephant proof podcast uh, we're getting a little grittier now you getting know? a little grittier getting a little older a little more mature okay. some <laughs> rough patches more. in my life I'm ready for some pads, yeah. dirty carnival kind of stuff so so uh to all you listeners baby why don't you come on over here to Krampus's workshop because we're gonna head down the pathway with Sean Cronin guitarist of elephant proof playing Friday late night at Fred yeah, and somebody else, I guess everybody might know. That's <laughs> a, right. A little drummer <laughs> that we know. <laughs> the little drummer boy, Ben Atkins, <laughs> playing um, with Elephant Proof at Fred the Festival. Yeah. Also with Goose for a few sets. Yep. Can't wait. Can't for wait a few. For, yeah. for a few sets. See how many he lasts. Yeah. So, so uh, stay tuned for a couple good interviews. Hopefully. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> This is not a goose podcast. As a matter of fact, it's an elephant proof podcast. Great beyond. We're here with Sean Cronin, the guitarist of Elephant Proof. Sean, how are you today? I am doing fantastic, Greg. How you doing? Can't complain. Can't complain. Um, just sitting here with my co-hosts who will be attending Fred the Festival. I will not Very be. Nice. Um, so my no, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my FOMO <laughs> intensifies. Uh, and with that, I will defer my first question since I won't be there. Our podcast manager runs a tight ship. <laughs> Vacation days are hard. Well, to I'm come just, by. I'm just enjoying the air in my backyard, hanging out with my dog. Nice, it's good man. Yeah. I'm here to hang. Life is good, man. So, Sean, <laughs> um, you know, to start off for. Those Goose fans who may not know all the details around Elephant Proof, myself included, um, uh -huh. can you give us some background maybe on the other members of the band and how you all kind of came to found, find each other? Ab absolutely. Um, honestly, of any group of musicians I think I've ever played with, I think this was like the most organic melding of the minds. Um, we met on a recording session like a bunch of years ago. And we started showing up on the same gigs around Boston, like, um, you know, club gigs, uh, private event gigs and stuff. It's kind of a big Boston circuit. There's a lot of great musicians floating around. Yeah. 
um yeah so we literally met on a recording session and we were like yo this kid's sick um <laughs> and uh yeah we were like we got to get chris in right on this gig i think gordo and i were playing as a trio at the time we had a couple drummers we were working with we had like rory from Lo special on a couple gigs oh cool nice, nice. shout out to Lo special um, yeah man and we still talk about that we, that was a great night of jams we did one at hard rock cafe in boston and probably dude it must have been like 2013 so long ago at this point um <laughs> yeah but yeah we we got together and just like crazy shit started happening um <laughs> we definitely started out with more of a traditional sound in terms of like playing funk and soul because we were all playing with a lot of like neo soul artists in the city mm -hmm. um a lot of we were playing a lot of funk jazz um and that's definitely how it started was like crazy fusion music and like r&b mixed together um and then we were like you know we have a lot of like kind of half-assed jams um we need to get some concise material so i had some songs kind of lying around that i had just done as projects and gordo had kind of the same thing except mine was like my attempt at like early house music production and gordo's was like evil demon bastard child like <laughs> evil genius like circus music yeah and i go this is sick like all yeah. of this we hear a little of that on that album oh, yeah sure. yes we do there's <clears throat> like that, I, that evil circus I, music man i <laughs> i can hear the keys in my head <laughs> it's totally our vibe i just love the way it throws everyone in the room off including the band. <laughs> we're like whoa we're awake now <laughs> um and i think it it just uh you know kind of in the same way that like a movie or a story flows with different scenes they're you know i i always like a night of music or like an album of music to kind of flow i i hate the idea of like hit singles because like i like to write a longer story than that i guess right um well, yeah, so we started incorporating, like, some house electro music that I had lying around and turning it into a live band version of that, and same thing with Gordo's music, and um, we peppered in some jams that we had had at live shows, you know, we got them on camera, put them on YouTube and stuff, and we were like, oh, I like this part, so we kept that, I like this part, we kept that, ooh, that didn't work, trash right. that, um, and then peppered those in like more complete compositions that we already kind of had lying around before the band existed. So yeah, it was like a mishmash of like whatever original music we could find. And it just, the songs as elephant proof plays them are so different than like the projects we had lying around our bedrooms, you know, we mm. enhanced them hugely, but uh, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the source material. You can, hear those, you can also hear those segments in the album, like just the way that some of the songs are pieced together and the way the whole album is pieced together. It flows like you, you can hear a con kind of concise sound. You guys build a nice. sound around this diverse, unique kind of sound that you guys Excellent, are working with. But yeah, I mean, you can, you can man, that it. was a huge uh, goal of mine was to make sure that the record flowed very like quickly it, you know it does dude and honestly it's almost too quick i texted ben earlier today and I, when i was <laughs> listening to it i was like man i actually wish there were more songs on it obviously it's an ep so it's not the longest record well, but no totally i wanted to be concise and i wanted it to be mostly about the compositions rather than like extensive jamming and i'll say this um if we were to play those same seven songs live 
it would probably take an hour to get through them. Yeah, oh, definitely. Even I could the see records that. Have <laughs> That's yeah. what I was curious about is you're mentioning like making the album flow and recorded music flow. What about approaching like a live show, putting together a that, set list? What what kind of approach is there? Amazing. That's a really good question because one thing that I think we all shared was our ability to read a crowd. Um, when, you know, when we first started playing, I was like, yo, these guys know how to read a room like me, you know, like we're yeah. on the page right there. Okay. Nice. So if we're playing at like, say we were playing at like Lollapalooza, I'd probably play the record like note for note, but <laughs> right, at like right. any gym band festival, like we are going to stretch those out and they're going to loosely resemble what's on the the album you know okay nice very excited for that yeah Yeah, that's what ben ben said he he couldn't wait when i was texting him earlier to stretch those out live you know and i'm definitely looking forward to that you know i can't uh, like man like when we get in the zone we're just we're locked um, like really busy like in a way i haven't (laughs) bands you know yeah so, uh, we're just, we're I mean we're just listening to each other really well, which is the other thing that we all saw. And if you talk to a jazz musician, and you're like, "Oh, what do you think of that guy's playing?" and he says something along the lines of like, "Oh, that guy's a good listener," that's like the highest compliment you can pay in like the jazz world right. because it's all about listening to the other cats on stage and like following their story that they're trying to tell. You know, for sure. Um, yeah, man, I cannot wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah right. <laughs> And I'm most excited that it's like the late night set too, because listening to the album, it really played to like I'm picturing this dark in the forest, like really bright lights <laughs> type of vibe. Um, do you have any it, expectations for what the people are gonna see as opposed to hear? Man, I hope it gets weird as fuck in the forest. Oh, dude, it will. Right, nice. <laughs> I will be in the forest making things really weird for people around me. So we got that going for us. Yeah, at least that. Can we get one of those, you know, at the car dealerships where they got the guy that's like inflatable, but he's like flopping around? Yeah, the flying inflatable arm yeah. man arm thing. Yeah, yeah. I think I kind of want to get one of those guys. We're yeah. going to get six. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah at, least, <laughs> at least some prime number, maybe. <laughs> like right on a big beat drop, just throw up the squirrely guys. <laughs> just going to form tackle one of them during it. <laughs> I might. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm, I'm gonna try and keep my head clear before the show. I'm definitely gonna go up there, uh, <laughs> you know, focus, but no promises for the rest of the weekend. Oh hell yeah! <laughs> well, I mean, speaking of the rest of the weekend, um, there's a whole bunch of musicians who will be there who you've performed with before. Um, yeah, we've seen you oh, so. sit in with Goose before. I think the last time I did was at. Uh, down the road brewing 2019 great show oh yeah that was probably um, the last time i yeah i think that was it yeah so do you think we'll see I, you on stage at all like outside of elephant proof at fred i i would absolutely love to get in and do some jamming i mean cory wong i'm a huge cory wong fan yeah i don't know if i'm gonna sit in on a cory wong gig um yeah but maybe he but, sits in with you guys and does some weird shit late night that's mm, I, dude if he's, <laughs> if he's there a day early like i'm totally gonna be like yo come slap oh, a tune bro let's man. do this um if i see him uh man i guess it is uh dependent on exactly what type of state i'm in if i'm still functioning <laughs> yeah. well that's up to all of our listeners um, yeah. <laughs> i'm just supposed to do some interviews while we're down there for this podcast and hopefully joey's okay is what i'm thinking so i, I get it completely 
Dude, I I respect uh, people that have to remain professional for the entire length of a festival like you wouldn't believe. Oh, hell yeah. World of respect. (laughs) That's not easy. So, you know, I think speaking of... Like everyone that's what I've heard feedback from on the album has talked about the diversity of sound um, and just how impressive it is that you guys can literally switch on a dime um, to do completely different things. So, you know, I know you started playing with Neo Soul artists and, and there's a whole lot of like, let's play Jerry songs, um, you know, as people kind of progress through the ropes. But I think Elephant Proof is, is so different. Um, so, so where, where does the sound really come from? Like artists that have directly impacted you guys, um, starting with jazz and yep. then kind of expanding from there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I'm lighting a sugar. Hold on. <laughs> no, um, go ahead. Yeah. I've been smoking a vape this whole time. So I feel you. <laughs> I took up smoking at age 35. <laughs> <laughs> That's your greatest influence. <laughs> Such a dumbass. Uh, um, It was because of quarantine. I was like, I need a fucking cigarette right now. I feel feel you. Uh, And now I'm on the train all the way. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, man. Potential sponsors? (laughs) American Spirit. (laughs) I'm an American Spirit endorsed artist. (laughs) I'll I'll take it. I'm fucking sprinkling cigarettes into the crowd at every show as long as we're saying companies are our sponsors falsely might as well give a shout out to american spirit (laughs) it's like the lawsuits in the mail (laughs) come for the music stay for the spirits um so so so, the crowd wouldn't leave after the show we don't know why the cigarettes last so long you have to play a a four hour set (laughs) smoke one american spirit does that band have any more yellow packs of spirits Sorry, it's only the light blues. The crowd's like, boo, you suck. Get off the stage. Um, what are we talking about influences? <laughs> yeah, I mean, but this is what I'm this is what I'm talking about. I mean, I that's the that's what I want to know is is where the sound's coming from. We can say like, sure, let's play Coltrane notes, but we all know it doesn't sound good without an American spirit in your mouth. <laughs> Damn right. I mean, are you really a jazz musician if you're not? Right. Um, no, so but let me, let me let me rephrase the question. <laughs> Do you have a lighter? <laughs> yeah, hold on. Here you go. Give that back when you're done. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, don't I'll pocket, give it, I'll give it don't pocket that lighter. I'll give it back to you, Fred. Um, <laughs> now uh, you have to go. To, you got to give me my lighter. Back. Bring your lighter back. It'll be the only one. Yeah. Um. So, man. Yeah. Like we all. Gordo and I grew up playing like heavy metal when we were like 12 year olds, you know, on opposite sides of the country. I didn't meet him until we were in college, but man, it turns out we knew all of the same music. We started out as metalheads. We got into jazz. Uh, we got into fusion and we were all the whole time into hip hop, electronic and like reggae and like all that stuff. Um, I had a, pretty crazy like time in high school going to see different types of music i got into going to like underground raves when i was like 16 nice. and that was a huge influence on me um you know like a kid walking into like a huge warehouse with like two thousand people in it going super Just hard raging, i was like this yeah. is it 
Yeah, <laughs> I was like, jazz is cool, but like this is pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. not wrong. <laughs> I mean, but that's basically what jazz uh, was back in the day, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know? right? And yeah, at that time, I was going like. <laughs> By the time I got into raves, like my most recent concerts have been like Limp Biscuit and like every, anything with a mosh pit. I was like, I'm there. Yeah. Okay. All right. And then I got, yeah, super into jazz and like all this stuff kind of at the same time. And I think that is kind of the point of music school is so that you can master the the language of music and use it freely, applicate it freely and be able to really assimilate like a lot of different styles that you like yeah um like if you legitimately love music or like a particular style of music and you have the capability to learn it quickly you do that um and that also came in super in handy uh as a session musician because you know i'm able to i've experimented with a lot of styles i played in all jazz funk ensembles at berkeley for my first three semesters and then my fourth semester i was like fuck it and i joined the bluegrass ensemble oh, nice. <laughs> and i showed up the first day and they were like all right let's trade solos and we're like okay they got like a fiddle player and a banjo player and then they're like all right now you and i play like all this john coltrane shit i've been learning recently and the guy stops the band and he's like what in the hell was all of that <laughs> 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 um, but gordo had like similar experiences you know he was playing in cool ensembles and same with ben and chris actually yeah yeah i think we we're all playing in pretty similar like school ensembles and man we we grew up around the same time and we just we were all obsessed with like all types of music you know yeah um and yeah, we all studied, you know, kind of the same method, the Berkeley method of like ear training and harmony and stuff. So we spoke that language together pretty well. And uh, yeah, man, I think that the goal of art is to like become an amalgamation of everything you've ever heard that's stuck with you yeah. and put your own signature on it. You know, that's yeah, kind of the goal. And I think yeah. that's another thing that we spotted in each other. We were like, wow, this kid has mastered that instrument and can play anything he needs to at any time. Like, I'm talking about Chris Henright right now. Uh, <laughs> yeah, dude. Yeah. Doc, I mean, we've He's, always been uh, espousing I mean, Doc's skills since since we Doc, saw him play with but, Goose, man. Right. <clears throat> By the way, Doc's not an arbitrary nickname. He has a doctorate of music from New England Conservatory, right. which is yeah. on par with Juilliard as one of the best conservatories on the planet. So we went to Berkeley for undergrad, which is less conservatory based, more like you get to kind of choose your own path in music. Mm -hmm. um, you can take the bluegrass elective. Like, you are going <laughs> to learn all this classical music, you know? Yeah. Uh, That's wild, And he man. made it to that, which is like the Navy SEALs of fucking jazz. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, he's... He, He's he's also the MVP on the Doc, album. Dude. Doc's like I'm crawling out of the water with a keyboard attached to his back, you know, it's like dragging another one behind him <laughs> in a wetsuit. <laughs> Throws you a guitar, it's on. <laughs> crazy shit. Yeah, crazy shit. <laughs> um, yeah, man, and uh, yeah. That's so one pretty quick... much like it's a direct expression of like all the weird influences we've ever come across in our life and trying to make something that nobody else had like exactly done that yet well you can definitely even though we talked about that that album seems quick like you you get that point across in that album um like and no. we talked about the segments but you can hear so many different influences even on one song and it really Thanks. so it really comes across one thing i wanted to ask you sean was 
you had mentioned that Gordon, uh, you and you and Sean Gordon came from different coasts. Where uh, yep. were you from Massachusetts or like the East Coast originally? And Sean was from out west. Yep, I grew up in Boston area, and um, yeah, I was. I almost went to University of Miami and University of North Texas, but I ended up going to Berkeley. He's from Santa Rosa, California, deep in wine country. Yeah, damn, actually, wow. his mom is a sommelier, a licensed sommelier, oh. and works at like wine vineyards and like writes articles for like wine magazines. Nice. Um, we've been up there to visit her a couple times. It's fucking heaven. Like Yo, these guys are beautiful. Yeah. It's crazy, man. That's cool. So um, but yeah, somehow we got together and we're definitely very different personalities, but we were just like homies from the start. Actually, we met at a jam session in Imagine Dragons basement. Oh my <laughs> God. Wow. Oh, oh, my. oh, one he, of my he, favorite he, bands. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're great. Um, <laughs> um, no, uh, Gordo was their roommate. Wow. Oh, wow. Shit. So we just, and I was hanging out at a party next door and he showed up and I was like, yeah, let's go have a jam. I'm fucked up. Man. I mean, music and, industry uh, and the music world in general just never ceases to amaze me how small it is. Dude. How many, how many really connections, how many, it's crazy, dude. So many it people really is. rooming in it people's really basements is. and stuff. It's wild. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And this was like five years before Imagine Dragons existed, you know? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you're talking about like the the relationships you built, and it sounds like really strong relationships. I'm wondering how uh, the decision came to be made to make this album together. Um, was okay. it something that had been yeah. growing over a few years to put this down as an EP? Well, <laughs> that's a a big question. We recorded this EP <laughs> in December of 2014. <laughs> I don't know if I told anybody that yet. Whoa. I think I might have forgotten. We were we went into the studio for three days in the end of 2014 and bang these out and all of those tracks that were recorded that day are on the album but we laced it up oh wow with okay. a lot of no kidding on top of it. i did not know that that's crazy um, and yeah we really were good to in the press release <laughs> <laughs> yeah i, I mean <laughs> initially the whole thing kind of gave me anxiety about putting it out because i was like oh man i hope this isn't dated you know like nah, I mean, no definitely not a lot of fresh, yeah. um but uh basically chris and i laced it up with all types of extra parts and it was finished and i liked it a lot but i was like oh man there's bands like snarky puppy now yeah and like ghost note and it's not as good as those guys but it's different than those guys, it's, though. It, it I definitely mean, has its well, own sound you know, to it. Yeah, yeah I wouldn't my, even... That was my thinking at the time, and I kind of... And also, I was going through some, like, really heavy personal shit yeah. that uh, kind of mentally paralyzed me for, like, years. Yeah, that can happen. So, I know how that is. That can yeah, I was kind of getting by doing the bare minimum, you know, just showing up to easy gigs to get paid. And, uh, yeah, during quarantine... I busted out the record. I hadn't listened to it in like four years. And I was like, this is, this is good. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely like, fucking this good. This thing <laughs> may have gone out of style and then come back in by this point. 
Dude, I don't know. Um, it, it definitely still sounds fresh, and the record sounds yeah. crisp. I mean, I've been listening to it on YouTube a bit, and it like I I just like it. I mean, the lazy. I, what I feel like the lazy take is is that just coming from somebody who's a huge Humphreys fan and has seen Humphreys play a ton of times and over a long span of time, like it reminds yep. me some of the construction, some of the vibe where you're doing jazzy stuff that has like a little bit of a rock grit to it over uh-huh. disco beats oh. and like R and B beats and stuff like that. And it's like that proggy kind of amalgamation, like you were talking about, just kind of totally. reminds me of that a little bit, but stuff that I've yep. always liked, you know, it's just a harder, dude, more awesome. modern take at a lot of this stuff. Thank you, man. Dude, that means a lot, dude. I really appreciate that. I love Humphreys. And yes, we're definitely in the same kind of like ideal of we, you know, we like what we like and we're going to play it. Yeah. Like I'm not following any genre boundaries. I don't play that game. <laughs> yeah. But that's cool. That's what keeps it exciting for fans, man. And that's why at Fred, it's going to be nice to see a late night set that varies a little bit away from what other bands are doing. I mean, you got Dawes doing black Sabbath set there. It's going to be an interesting set. Like goose is going to do an acoustic set, you know, and there's just going to be all this stuff going on. That's wait, wait, who's doing the black Sabbath set. Dawes is actually going to be doing a black Sabbath set. They're playing two sets and like, I guess they're going to play one of their original music and then then they're they're just doing paranoid. paranoid. Yeah. The the entire album. album. Whoa! Yeah, that's it's gonna be yeah, it's gonna sweet. be cool as shit. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god, I'm definitely gonna catch that. <laughs> I know, you know. Part of it is like I know people are somewhat sleeping on this fast man, and I know it's a little bit expensive. I know the timing is tough, you know, with, with everything that's going on this year. But this festival has a lot yeah. of cool stuff set up to go. And like you said, you're you're happy to jump in with people and play. I'm sure other people will be. It's gonna be a really cool family vibe. So we're gonna have a lot of very cool, oh. very new stuff, very fresh music coming. Uh, I can't wait. It's be fantastic. Uh, we've, definitely, I, we've definitely got a few surprises in store. <laughs> yeah, I'm excited. Excellent, <laughs> excellent. Well, uh, I'm just about everyone in this room is super stoked to see the set. Um, <laughs> some actually will. Dude, some, so, some of us will be on board. Oh, yeah. I'm, it's okay. I'm no stoked to be deal. on board with this man, Greg Knight, dude. He is a fucking master. Yes, he is. We're thrilled to be on board with him as well. Yeah. No. Every time I'm like, hey, man, you got an idea for this? He's like, here's the perfect idea. <laughs> yeah, you right know, there. I had it ready before he asked. I just have to get you know used to getting them done on time. Nah, the people's um, publicist. Not my, not my forte. But. <laughs> well, Cronin, thank you for hopping on with us today. We are stoked for Fred. We are so pumped about the new album. Um, if you're listening, uh, check it out. Facebook.com slash elephant proof or oh. at elephant proof on instagram find the album there um cronin ep 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 what do you yes yeah, so what, what what do you want to leave our listeners with um what was i gonna say um wait we I leave our it. listeners with blank space all of the time <laughs> and it's no perfectly fine yeah oh i forgot to tell you i have that uh the official press release finished about uh our trip to norway Oh, fantastic! Okay, so um, um, I'll, I'll have to make a post about that in the next couple of days. I will. Uh, I'll get back to you with the perfect idea on how to get it out. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> People's publicist is hard at work. <laughs> guys, thank you so much for having me, man. I really can't wait to uh, see you guys down there. No, thanks for joining us, man. It was good. Good talking to you today. Yeah, thanks. You so guys much. too, man. Have a great rest of the night. All right. Oh yeah, you, you too. too man. Okay, bye. Peace.
Right Beyond Podcast, aka your favorite Elephant Proof podcast. Mm. We're here with the drummer of Elephant Proof, formerly known as Kevin, now known as Ben Atkin. Ben, how are you today? I'm doing excellent. How are you guys doing? Doing good, man. Glad to have you here with us. Yeah, very Thank well. you for having me. I- I've been listening to all the episodes and loving loving this not goose podcast that no, you guys are we doing. appreciate that thank you yeah thanks so much man uh <laughs> we've been listening to the epep very recently yeah more times than one actually definitely. quite a bit yeah yeah and uh, awesome thank you so we got some background from cronin that the recordings are actually from a few years back so i wanted to like confirm with you so that's your drumming circa what 2013 2014 2014 yeah sounds about right yeah it was a while ago so how would you describe yeah. your drumming then as opposed to, you know, what we've been hearing recently in the Goose Project, let alone the two projects, just the over time, how you've changed, really? Yeah, well, that was like right at, uh, you know, right in my, my Berkeley days when I was into all the funk fusion hip hop stuff. And uh, at that time, I think all the jam stuff was pretty new to me. Um, but at the same time, like now, like, you know, this is my world. I, I love the jam scene. And, you know, I, I just you know, called you guys back late because I was watching the fish stream, didn't want to miss that jam. And this is this is my world now. But that, you know, that style is a whole other part to my playing that I love. Um, right. So I'm, I'm really pumped to get to bring that back and have that counterbalance. So, you know, stylistically what we're doing, Goose. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And so that's um, kind of what I'm most excited to hear. And what I was kind of talking to Cronin about a little bit before was just that bringing another varied and a unique and a diverse sound to Fred Fest, you know, where we're going to be hearing some stuff that's like kind of in the same wavelength as Goose. And, um, and you guys are going to come in with something that's a little bit harder. I told Sean was like a lazy take would be, you know, comparing it to Umphreys a little bit, but in that same vein, there's actually a realistic comparison to be made with the way you guys segment songs and how you were doing, like I said to him, like <clears throat> some jazz stuff over like those disco and R and B beats, but it's like a grittier kind of rock guitar and the cool synth stuff that uh, doc is doing. So we kind of asked Sean this, but we'd like your take on it too. Like as far as the influences on elephant proof and, and what kind of made you guys compile this really unique sound, you know, where, where does it come from? Yeah, uh, so Elephant Proof, actually, I met those guys at a rehearsal for a pop singer. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned that to me. I was like, what, yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, so that was like, you know, when you go to music school and no matter what style of music you may love to play the most, there's also, you know, an aspect of, you know, paying the bills and just being a professional and, you know, a, a professional musician and, and you know, all just the senses of it, I guess. Mm, yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I played for a lot of pop singers, which were like, you know, not my favorite music, but were really fun challenges and, uh, you know, learned a lot from doing those, but yeah, we found ourselves, we're at a rehearsal and I'm with all these people I never met before playing these pop songs. And in between takes, we just start kind of jamming and we find out that like all of a sudden we're like locking on these like crazy fusion things and, um, having a blast doing that. Um, and then, yeah, Cronin, I think hit me up for a gig. I think Elephant Proof had done a couple gigs before with another drummer. Um, and they hit me up and we played this gig at, at this like tiny little hole in the wall in South Boston. And, uh, it was like one of the most fun shows I've ever played. And then, yeah, uh, we cool. just kept going from there. 
Yeah, dude. And that, I mean, that echoes a lot of what Sean was saying, too. Um, but, you know, I take personal offense. I'm a huge pop fan, <laughs> you know, so when people, you know, kind of say, oh, it's not my favorite music, I I find them suspect. But, you know, we'll get into that later. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so, um, Ben, what are you most excited for the Fred audience to see from your set? Um, is it purely musical or, you know, is it visual? Do you have dance moves? <laughs> I I do have dance moves, well, but that's not related to, to any of this. <laughs> the dance moves will not be in the set. Uh, okay. The okay. dance moves only come out on you know very rare occasions. Uh, but this set, I mean, honestly, like Elephant Proof was known for just being a dance party. We would rage these like basement parties in Austin and pack out these places and late night and. I'm really pumped for people to to experience like the vibe that comes from this band. I think Sean Cronin uh, has a pretty pretty wild, uh, you know, frontman persona, and it's <laughs> okay. not a persona; it's it's him. It's just him. <laughs> just he's a, he's a wild, straight up personality, <laughs> crazy crazy person in the best way. Yeah, and uh, the whole band, like we we just we're having a blast doing what we're doing, and uh, you know, especially it's been so long doing this. Like I can't wait. I'm going to Boston. In uh, I don't I don't know when this is coming out, but as of right now, I don't know if time traveling works with podcasts. But uh, I'm going to box. <laughs> uh, you can edit that out, right? No, yeah. well, no. yeah, we won't. I mean, it's no. fair to our viewers because they know that not our listeners because none of this comes out at any given time. We just right. all of a yeah. sudden like have a podcast and then we don't for a gotcha. while, okay. and then we do. Yeah, so I, we're hoping fair. this comes out soon. But we'll yeah, see. well, well, I'm I'm going to Boston next week. I've been talking with the guys. We got we got a good uh, few days of just just getting together and playing music so we're Excellent. very excited for that yeah cool okay yeah and it's i feel like it's probably been a little while since you guys obviously had the original recordings for this album so uh Cronin was mentioning you're playing live the presentation live is something that's totally unique like you guys are gonna basically play, play the structure of these songs but have so much space to go in uh yeah did you notice I, a difference I, I, rehearsing now as opposed to like way back then yeah, well, I mean, w one other major thing, you know, for people who don't know Elephant Proof and have just heard the album, very similarly to how, like, you know, people say Moon Cabin and Goose's studio stuff as a kind of different vibe than the live stuff, Elephant mm -hmm. Proof is, uh, we, we stretch out. And, and with the thing is, we build our sets kind of like DJ sets, and mm. we don't stop, and we transition from one thing to the next. That kind of, but that was kind of some of the stuff that we're talking about with Sean that you know he was talking about the segments and and obviously the, the variation and what you guys are playing and even on the same tracks but how the album still sounds like a cohesive whole it's still like all tastes like elephant proof essentially you know <laughs> i know what you taste like so like <laughs> it, it kind of all has that same vibe going for it even though it's pretty eclectic and and pretty varied um and it kind of just keeps flowing even through these very different parts so i think to see that live you know i was texting you earlier when i was actually listening to this album and you had said we can't wait to stretch out some of these songs live and and sean kind of echoed the same sentiment you know that you guys took these pieces and, and made a kind of cohesive tight whole but when it comes to the live show it's a whole different game for all of you yeah there's a whole bunch of improv in there and it's exciting to us you know because in the same way we don't know what's going to happen um for the most part and we're just you know trying to get from one part to the next and just keep this vibe going and uh you know try to connect with everyone as much as we can with it 
Nice, nice. And so as far as it goes, I mean, you guys are had this marquee late night set in the forest, which Bruce has promised our listeners will get weird if he has anything to do with it. Um, but kind of zooming out and looking at Fred as a whole, um, this is the first Goose Festival, per se. Ooh. Congratulations. Yes, congratulations. <laughs> I guess. Um, you know, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Uh, uh, what are some of the other acts you're, you're looking forward to seeing, um, you know, in just a few weeks? And possibly sitting in with. Possibly. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, well, I, I don't know anything about that, but uh, as far as the bands. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really cool eclectic lineup. Some of it are, are names that I'm not as familiar with uh, and that I'm, I'm excited or new. And then others like, like Corey Wong, I'm pumped about. Mm, uh, yeah. He's he's been like one of my favorite artists over the last couple of years, um, so that's that's awesome. But everyone, I mean, the whole mix it's really eclectic. It's cool, and I think the Elephant Proof Late Night is is going to be a, kind of a good balance to everything else that's going on. Yeah, I'm. I've been telling people and. In in all seriousness, because obviously I would usually be fucking with you, but the Elephant Proof set <laughs> is something that ever since the announcement, I've been really most psyched for and kind of trying to hype other other people up about telling them it's probably it could you know could be one of the best sets of the weekend not you know putting any pressure on you or the guys but um you know expect some big things from that late night set <laughs> but i mean the music is just perfect for it you know i think the sound and the vibe is going to be really perfect for it and, and a different you know that kind of different ju- juxtaposition all the other music that's going to be there i mean i think we kind of all realize that we were put in a situation where if we perform well we get to see bruce's beautiful clean white sketchers just shuffling in the greatest way possible <laughs> and like there's no greater motivation and and i think it's just gonna you know it's gonna it's gonna flow really well it's gonna come naturally a tear came to my eye as you mentioned <laughs> one of the top tier performance footwear companies in the united states um so thank you i appreciate that <laughs> yeah <laughs> So, I trying mean, to help you get that sponsorship i appreciate that yeah, eventually <laughs> you know uh, i need the money and free sneakers <laughs> ben, we've been talking to you we talked to cronin it's gotten us really excited for fred but i'm wondering do you see the show going on the road outside of fred and possibly playing shows or other festivals on your own yeah i would love to i think all of us uh you know we have a lot going on so i, I don't think we're looking at any you know major long tours or anything like, like that right. but anywhere you know when i have time in between goose and when we can all get on the same schedule i think we'd all love to come out and you know play some late nights at festivals and um some some little runs here or there as much as we can absolutely yeah and we make all, the fans happy for sure it would make me happy That's all three of us thing. or at least two of us will be there yeah. <laughs> <laughs> people's publicists can't be <laughs> can't be bothered yeah, no nah, it's you know. All right, no, no, yeah, no, enough about me. Um, so, so one thing, one one question I have as a, a person who will not be at Fred, but is thinking ahead uh, at my bright future of the music I'll see. Um, Goose has brought on, a, you know, a few Vasudo and Great Blue tracks back, you know, from resurrected them over the years and brought them onto set lists. Do you see the band covering any elephant proof in the future, or do you think that stuff is too hot to handle? <laughs> uh, that's a that's a really interesting question. I've never thought about that. It's kind of funny. Uh, I I don't think we would. I'd be open to it, uh, but I, I I'm not sure. Yeah, it's a funny question. Well, yeah, you guys won't play a pinch of Satan. I, I could just <laughs> see Peter's face taking a solo on that. Very, workshop or yeah. something. Yeah. yeah. 
Oh, uh, that would be pretty awesome. It's like the one time he doesn't smile and say, like, "Oh, what's happening?" <laughs> yeah. Peter, Peter, okay. Peter Krampus on spot. Yeah, um, Krampus. So. Is he passing a kidney stone? <laughs> <laughs> well, Ben, thank you for heading down the pathway with us on this non-goose podcast this evening. Um, most of the people here are really stoked for Fred. I'm stoked for Fred, although I won't be there. Um, but I, I know this is going to be one of the marquee sets of the weekend, and. Um, we're just pumped that Elephant Proof is back. So thanks for hopping on with us tonight. Hell yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm pumped for Fred as well. And uh, I, I think even more pumped that I was just on The Great Beyond. I, you know, I'm trying not to fanboy here. No. This has been, uh-huh. No, it's hard. This, yeah. this has been an experience. I've, I've loved every minute of it. And uh, you guys are killing it. Oh, well, thank you. We're thanks so much. Glad man. to have you here. We can't wait to have you on again. Yeah, yeah. get back to that fish show. Yeah, enjoy set too, Ben. Yeah. Hell yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. <laughs> All right. See you later, man. Huge thank you to Ben Atkin and Sean Cronin of Elephant Proof for joining us and heading down the pathway. This is not a goose podcast. We're getting ready to dance all night. <laughs> I right. was so ready for that to keep going. <laughs> I right, tried we'll so hard time. not to breathe. No, that was good, though. We had it. I hope you're ready to dance all night at Fred Festival. Huge thank you to Ben Atkin and Sean Cronin of Elephant Proof for joining us. So great to hear about the history of the band and... Man, I can't wait to see what they do next. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> you, I guess you won't be seeing that anytime soon. <laughs> Since uh, once again, we, as in Joey and I, will be down there, down there as in Fredfest, getting all of your reactions to this day one late night set with Elephant Proof, as well as the, all of the rest of the amazing sets at Fred. So be on the lookout for Joey and I for a chance to be featured on this podcast Provided we remember the mics. (laughs) Yeah, let's jot that down. Uh, The Great Beyond was engineered by Robbie Chemical at Gary's Electric in Brooklyn, New York. On behalf of my co-hosts, I'd like to thank Cronin and Ben once again for taking the time to speak with us today. Our manager, Kathleen Rothschild, and most of all, you the listeners for tuning in. Be sure to catch a ride with us next time, and if you haven't heard... And whisper into my ear that you want me.